Welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your favorite recovering Californian behind the What's Right microphone here in our beautiful downtown Las Vegas studios. Live and local, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. That's right, two hours. Been doing this now for almost a month, and I love it. It's great to have these two hours with you every weekday. Uh, I want to talk uh, briefly here, if you'll permit me, a story developing up in Utah. Now, this is from a county where my wife grew up, uh, Davis County, which is uh, it's a Farmington and uh, Centerville. Those of you who have maybe Utah friends or family members, you know this area. This is just north of Salt Lake. Uh, my wife grew up in Centerville, so that's these are all small towns, very uh, kind of peaceful, very Mormon, a lot of Latter-day Saints. At any rate, there is a story there that you probably haven't heard of because what happened just over a week ago is that a group of white police officers shot and killed a white driver. Traffic stop resulted in the death of the driver, and uh, it was, of course, not national news because... Uh, it doesn't have the right uh, identities for it to become uh, outrageous. But that's actually not the reason I bring it up. It's an interesting case. I had a, a listener reach out to me and want my uh, reaction to this. Of course, you can always send me stuff. I do check and read all my emails. I try to get back to everyone as quickly as I possibly can. Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com. Sam at salmonashlaw.com. That's my email. So at any rate, this story, last Wednesday, a young man, 25-year-old Chase Allen, was pulled over by Farmington police, uh, just uh, pulls into the uh, post office there, uh, and in the parking lot, a a fairly normal traffic uh, stop uh, starts. And look, listen, this guy, uh, some people have described him as being a law student. Uh, I I haven't found corroboration that he was, in fact, registered or enrolled in law school. But nonetheless, he starts arguing with the cop. And it's an odd argument because he's asserting himself to be a sovereign citizen. Now, if you've heard of the sovereign citizen movement, the belief of it goes something like this. You, You can opt out or so the theory goes, of the laws of the land. You can, I, there's different pledges I've seen circulating the internet. You, you can basically say, well, I, I, none of these laws apply to me. I don't have to pay taxes. I don't have to have a driver's license. I don't need to register my car because I am a sovereign citizen. And I have, I have rights that, uh, you know, the state, you know, Nevada, for example, can't make me get a driver's license and that. It's nonsense. All of it. And I always see different arguments about this online, about different Supreme Court cases of, you know, justifying this. If it were if it were that easy, folks, an enterprising, serious uh, CPA somewhere would would have uh, would have exploited this loophole. It, it it just doesn't work. All right. So it's this guy had a license plate made up that wasn't a real license plate. It was one that. Uh, had a kind of a, a an adjusted and modified American flag, 
It said Utah at the top, and it declared him to be a sovereign citizen. So the, the police pull him over, and uh, the pretext for the, for the stop, of course, is that he doesn't have a valid plate on the car. And that's enough, by the way. The police can absolutely pull you over legally uh, if, you, if you don't have a license plate or if your tags are expired, whatever it is. So here they pull him over. They ask for his identification. Now, I'm going to play for you the initial uh, exchange here. I, his voice is a little difficult to hear because it's further away from the body camera worn by the police officer, but you can get a gist here, a taste of what it is that this poor guy is, is arguing, and it's uh, all of it is total nonsense. Utah Code, United States Code, okay. is a corporate policy okay. in which you have to be contracted and to be required to follow it. Unless you okay. can provide me a contract with my wet ink signature on it saying that I'm required to follow it. Okay. Then there's so do you, wanna, do you want to identify yourself to me or do you want to go a different route? Okay, so you hear what he's saying? He's saying, I, I, I am not subject to the laws of Utah because you don't have a document that I have signed where I have agreed to be bound by the laws of Utah. This happened up in uh, uh, north of Salt Lake. So you can just hear the officer's exasperation. Um, he goes, all right, well, you're obligated to give me an ID. I, and, and by the way, you're required to have a driver's license in order to operate a, a, a car. So then the traffic stop continues, and it ultimately ends in this man's death it is um i'll just warn you a little bit it's I'll, I'll i'll cut it off here at the end where it where the gunshots start going off but it, it is it is absolutely terrifying if i hand this to you accept trusteeship and surety and you're obligated sure i'll accept debt. i'll accept yeah. trusteeship if you just hand me the document so i can identify who you are because you're required by state law i am not thank you so much mr chase allen that is not me that is a piece of plastic paper so you have a fraudulent passport? No. Wonderful. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, step out of the car for me. No. Sir, step out of the vehicle. No. Right now. I am not required to. Step if out of this vehicle right me, now. Then we're going to have an issue where Sir, you're step have out of the car the right window. now. Step out of the car. We're going to break the window and pull you out. Step out of the car. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Okay, and I'm going to cut it off right there. Now they're yelling gun because. I've watched the video a bunch of times. I will tell you, as a lawyer looking at this, what happened. This guy, uh, he may be lawfully armed. He's not turning over his driver's license, but he, he may very well have a concealed carry permit. Regardless, he has a gun in a holster. If he's right-handed, typically you'll wear uh, a, a firearm on your right side inside of your jacket, right? And he, he, that's where he has a gun that's holstered. He goes over to reach to undo his seatbelt. But of course, uh, that, that's what at least what it looked like to me. And, and, and in that process, he looks like he's going to, to draw a gun. A real gun, by the way, that was found at the scene and documented. It's on camera. Now this, you want to know my take on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, this is, this man... Mr. Chase Allen died of stupidity. 
Uh, yeah, the family is suing or they're threatening to sue. It's only eight days in. I doubt that they've actually filed the lawsuit. They, it's, it says that they have, but uh, I don't know. But it, regardless, I don't think it's going to go very far. The traffic stop, you always go back to, and when you're looking at something like this legal, you always go back to the very first event. What, led, what created the chain of events that, that ultimately led to the shooting? And you have a clean stop here. You have uh, officers with, with every bit of uh, right to pull this guy over. And then you've got a guy who isn't complying. They can ask him to step out of the car because, by the way, that there, there's a safety concern. These windows are tinted in the back of the car, and they weren't able to see if there's anybody else in there, and he wouldn't answer any questions. So they're asking him to get out of the car, and he refuses. They then open the door, and then it looks like he's going for a gun. So, yeah, I don't think his family, unfortunately, is going to get very far with this. But there's a real takeaway here that's so critical. And I, we have to talk to our kids about this. And lost in the histrionics of Black Lives Matter and making every police shooting a race thing and ignoring, by the way, ignoring the ones where there isn't a racial component, does our kids and our friends family members, neighbors, a tremendous disservice. Because I think that the lesson in all of this from George Floyd and, I mean, and that's maybe the, the, the tough thing because, of course, I, I looked at, looking at that video of the arrest, in spite of all of the subsequent bits of information that came out, I, I, think, I think it was a brutal and uncalled for. But when you look at a lot of these police shootings, decisions that happen in split seconds, the cases we know about are only the ones where they become big stories because of the racial component. But there's one thread that goes throughout, and that is you don't resist. I know this is a tough thing, but you just don't. Do not. There are plenty of illegal traffic stops that occur in this country every day. I will give you that. There are plenty of officers, not all, but plenty, that can be a little rude and condescending. But you can lose your life. And so I will tell you for the sake of the, for your sake, for, for my kid's sake, what am I going to tell my, 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 my son is 15? So he's days away, months away from getting his, um, his permit. And I would say one of the most critical things that I can teach him as a father is how to properly conduct yourself during a stop. I know a lot of you friends out there have your concealed carry permits, which is good. I, I'm, I'm pleased with that. It's a good thing. But you have to, you have to put, I'm telling you, if you've got your gun on you, you put your you put your hands up on the steering wheel. Put your window all the way down. If you've got tinted windows, put them all down, so the police officer can feel really safe and secure. He sees your hands, and then you know you tell him you have a CCW permit. All right, but what you do not do is make any sudden moves, uh, particularly when you've already been argumentative. And who, and by the way, side note, it doesn't matter if this thing was justified or not. The kid's dead. And it was 100% avoidable. 
25 years old, cut down in the prime of his life just for being an idiot. And by the way, where did this come from? His mother. I have something to play for you when we come back. It was, yeah, she had her own court running. You can get where this kid got this uh, disdain for the government from. Uh, I, I think the mother's in, in, in part responsible for this, frankly. All right, Sam Marjofsky, I'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The What's Right Show here on News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, Sam Marjofsky here. The What's Right Show is on. Great to have you with us, friends. Now, I'm, I'm covering here in this hour of Radio Excellence brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, a tragic case uh, from our neighboring state of Utah. This could, of course, happen here in Nevada and has. Uh, it's a cautionary tale for all of us as we interact with the police. It's only a matter of time if you're driving out on the roads that you get pulled over. How you conduct yourselves, and this is the lesson to tell our kids, our new drivers, and frankly, anybody that maybe has a little bit of a short fuse or uh, some pride issues or perhaps even some wacky ideas like this young man, 25 years old, cut down in the prime of his life because he believed he was a sovereign citizen and was refusing all directives given him by the police and then when he was trying to get himself out of the car when they were opening the door reached over to me it looked like best case scenario for him right that he wasn't intending to pull out his gun it looked like he was reaching over to unbuckle himself but he had his he had what appears to be a pistol in a holster on his right hand side of this so sitting in the you know driver's seat reaching over to unbuckle his seatbelt it looks like he's reaching over with his left hand to get his gun. Or maybe he was doing it even with his right hand. I can't, it's kind of tough to see, but he's reaching over. Uh, and it, it that moment, of course, police that are all there, somebody shouts gun, and unfortunately the rest is history. Now, I'm saying this is a cautionary tale. I just before the break was saying how important it is that you know, we sit down, we, we, we understand that <laughs> you can always argue about what happened in that traffic stop later. I'm telling you this as a lawyer, just if, if, if there's egregious conduct by the officer or it's unfair, unjust, whatever it is, deal with it later. But what you do not do is fight, obstruct, uh, resist, listen to everything going on, put your hands on the steering wheel, turn your car off, turn the lights on. By the way, when I do this, when I do this, um, I, this is how I get out of tickets. That's the other benefit of it. If I make the officer's life easier when I get pulled over, if I am all smiles and I... I understand that it's scary when you pull people over. Any traffic stop, it doesn't matter what car you're in. It doesn't matter what you look like. Any traffic stop can turn deadly. This is why plenty 
of white police officers shoot white people every year. Um, and it just doesn't get the same traction because there's no race component. But the, there's a common thread throughout all these shootings. Not all of them, right? There are some shootings that, and some police deaths, uh, deaths at the hands of police that are unjustified. But a, a wide majority of them, I mean, you know, you look at these tapes, and I, whenever the video comes out, I always look at it because I've handled these cases. I have, oh, I, oh my God, I could tell you an unjustified case. I, I, well, the short, short version of it is there was a guy who was uh, really picked on. I won't mention the department. It was not in Nevada. I'll say this. It was in California, and there was a, of a, a group of, in my view, of rogue, rogue deputies that were really out to get a body count. And, and so they, they believed that this particular guy who was a retired engineer, that there were drugs on his property. And so they got a bogus warrant and they went in and they shot him in bed. And it was really unjustified. It was, it was a murder. And uh, unbelievably, the officers weren't, weren't charged, but there, there was a ultimately a large uh, settlement with the county uh, and I worked on that case that was just an absolute tragic case I, I have other cases too I could share with you but that's one that stands out and again it wasn't a race component it was just cops out really this there's a group of cops there in this particular county uh, that when you had them in and we had them under oath taking their depositions I mean there were it was a, a cavalier attitude about human life so that exists, but I will also tell you that as I look at a lot of these videos, even the ones, you know, there's, there are videos where, where I, I, I'm looking at them and there's enormous outrage. Uh, and I, I see the video, I said, I think it's a, you know, I, 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 it's a clean stop and, 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 and reasonable use of deadly force. So these things are tough. Now, also mentioned before the break that this young man in Utah with his fake license plate, you know, he didn't have a, a, a state license plate where he, you know, pays registration like you and I do. No, no, no. He was a sovereign citizen. So he had this bogus plate on the back of his car. They pull him over for this. And then he does not want to give the police officers any information. He doesn't have a driver's license. He doesn't believe that those things apply to him. He demands that the officers show him a contract with his wet signature, meaning, you know, <laughs> like a pen where I actually sign something with a pen, opting in to being subject to Utah state law. The officer's like, okay, buddy, just give me your ID. I need your ID. So all of these wacky ideas came from this gent's mom. Her name is Diane Allen, also of Farmington, Utah. And I, was, I found, unbelievably, I found this story from back in September of last year. Diane Allen went to court on a ticket and didn't want to didn't want to pay the ticket. I've got some clips from this. I'll share it with you after the break. This lady goes absolutely bonkers. Anyway, we'll get, we're going to get to this. And then there was a big day, friends, big day on Capitol Hill. There was testimony related to Twitter and all of the ways the federal government uh, has well, gotten quite good at limiting what information gets out there. This is actually quite scary. I, I, I will get to this here and, and do it justice. I, we got clips, of course, from that as well, so we'll, we'll get to all of that. But um, 
yeah, we will we'll we'll cover it all. We'll cover it all. All right, Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, the What's Right Show. We'll continue after the bottom of the hour. Got some news coming up, and um, I'll be back in just a minute. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show, powered by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Ah, where, where, where are the logical people in this world? Uh, The story out of Utah, I'm just going to tell you this, an an interesting component. There was a police shooting last uh, Wednesday. So just over a week ago, a young man, 25 years old, killed after arguing with police. I uh, got pulled over for having a fake plate on his car. But it's a fake plate. It was a he he asserted himself to be a sovereign citizen, uh, which is a theory that believes that you uh, must opt in to a contract of sorts with the government in order to be considered uh, well subject to its laws. And if you don't opt in, you can also opt out or just not join in at all. And then, you know, rules don't apply to you. You don't have to follow any of any of uh, any of the laws. So this is interesting. So this guy had these ideas, even though some have described him as a law student. So he, you know, uh, there's that there's always one of those guys in every law school class, by the way. Um, But this guy got these ideas from his mom. So his mom was in court. Just before the break, I mentioned back in September fighting a ticket based on these same uh, grounds of being a sovereign citizen. And uh, the the exchange over there with the judge, who, by the way, as I'm listening to this, I found the audio of this. her, her, Her demeanor is crazy because right in the middle of this hearing or this trial that she was in for a ticket, the bailiffs realized that her son is there, and he, there's an outstanding warrant for him, so they move to arrest him, and mom goes berserk. This is absolutely unacceptable. <clears throat> let me go. Let me go. Let me go. You let me go. Absolutely not. You let him go. He's done nothing wrong. 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 He's done nothing you have no worries. You have nothing. Let him go. Get out of him. Judge. These proceedings are absolutely improper and inappropriate. You haven't done a sh- go. This is very So you can hear there at the end that is the young man who then last week had his had that encounter with the police that led to him being shot. Uh, they don't sound they don't sound like rational people to me. Now here. Uh, what do you think this lady does next, by the way? So the deputies are trying to arrest him. He's resisting arrest. She's yelling, and and I don't know. It's audio, so I can't see if she's hitting the officers. She was not arrested, so I'm assuming she did not physically interfere, but is yelling like a crazy person. So she's right there in court. She's got She's facing the judge over some unpaid traffic tickets, 
And the next thing she does is she picks her phone up and calls 911. Listen to this. Miss Allen, you're not supposed to have your cell phone on in the courtroom. Please turn it off. Says who? The judge? Hang on. I'm not hanging up. You need to call back. You need to direct them in here right now. My rights are being violated. They're sending false batteries. I'm being I'm being assaulted. I'm being assaulted. Please, you need to send help right now. I look. Um, I am. I'm curious. If you're a sovereign citizen, you think that the law doesn't apply to you. You think you're exempt from being bound by the law. You are don't like getting pulled over by cops or getting traffic tickets from cops, speeding tickets, whatever, moving violations. You don't think you need to have a driver's license. But then you think you're being uh, the victim. You're, you think you're being assaulted. And what do you do? You call 911 for the police to come help you. So this poor kid, I, I'm calling him a kid. He's 25. I remember being 25. You remember being 25. I, you know... We men are not fully formed at 25 mentally. I'll tell you that right now. So at 25, this guy, he's got this mother who is a nut job, and she's got his head full of this nonsense. And, and, and with this nonsense, he approached that traffic stop with, in all the worst possible ways resulting in his, his death. It's an absolute tragedy. And by the way, that will be in the civil case if they pursue it, which I believe, I think, I think she's planning to. She's talking about having already filed suit. I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure if she actually has, but there will probably be a civil suit. And they're, gonna, they're going to bring this up. They're going to bring up these wacky beliefs and these, uh, these they're, they're going to get at all this. And it's going to come in. They'll have the mom on the stand because they can call her as a witness. Uh, and um, and it's, it's not I, – I, I really doubt that a jury of 12 people in Davis County, Utah, are going to give this uh, lady any money, even though it is an absolute tragedy. But like I said, one that she perhaps has some responsibility for. So the takeaway here, please, for the love of all – all that you treasure in life. When you get pulled over, I don't care how big of a DI you know what the officer is. Just do what he or she says. Just go with it. Last time I was pulled over, last time, I'll tell you the last time I was pulled over. Last time I was pulled I was driving. We had a friend's Tesla. And it was the first time that Ash... Watkins, my law partner here at Sam and Ash, had ever driven a Tesla. And those of you who have Teslas, what, what can you tell me about them? They are so fast. If you're not used to driving a Tesla, you step on the gas. I mean, it is, it's an electric car. You know, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. Uh, so so we are, we're on the 15 freeway. We're, we're coming from the 215 down, you know, down by town center from the 215 over to go 15 uh, north back to, the, back to the office. And apparently, Ms. Watkins was driving a little bit fast. In fact, she was driving, she just kind of stepped on it in that particular moment and went and zoomed right by a Nevada trooper. Well, 
we got lit up, we got pulled over. It was, um, and all we could, I was just, I'm in the passenger seat and I am dying of laughter. And by the way, this is all on video too. This is a funny thing. Maybe we'll put this up at some point. So follow the show Instagram at what's right show for some video that may or may not, well, we may or may not post it, but nonetheless, we get pulled over. And I'm laughing, I'm laughing. And, and I finally, this is our friend who's in the back seat goes, hey, um, oh, the Ash didn't have her driver's license, even best. She's not a sovereign citizen, okay? But she didn't have, she didn't have her license with her. And the officer goes like, okay, well, what's your name? And we had just stopped under one of our large billboards that are around town. And our friend in the back seat goes, officer, officer, that's her up there. And... The trooper, who was awesome, looks up, looks down, looks up at Ashley's giant face on the billboard and just starts laughing. So she got a warning, uh, but I can tell you she did everything right, put her window down, kept kept her hands on the steering wheel, was polite, um, and, um, and uh, that was that. So probably one of the funnier traffic stops I've ever experience and I will say this I've been stopped a couple times here in town and uh, police here have been been professional but even if they're not your objective is to live you have to be pro-life your life it's being right and dead doesn't get you anywhere if you're right and they do something wrong call a lawyer afterwards when 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 the situation the moment has passed please deal with it later but in the moment do what you're being told and uh, by the way there are there are plenty of cases friends where i'm looking at the video and the person's doing everything everything correctly everything correctly and the the cops are are uh, they, they, i've seen people shot uh, and it's murder um yeah i i, I remember was it Daniel Shaver, Robbie, he was the guy that was getting arrested in, in Mesa. And I, I was watching the entire video, all the, this guy was co complying. They were giving him conflicting, uh, they were giving him conflicting instructions, telling him to kneel, to stand up, to this, to that. And he's doing everything right. And then they just killed him. They literally just killed him. But we didn't hear, you don't hear that name. What do you know? You know Alton Sterling. You know Walter Scott. You know Philando Castile. George Floyd, obviously, right? But there are plenty of, 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 sh of shootings and other deaths. Tony Timpa, 2016, Dallas police knelt on him, killing him. Tony wasn't resisting. He called cops on himself because he was worried about self-harm. And Philando Castile, and so, so you didn't, we didn't hear about it, right? You don't know that name. Everybody knows George Floyd. Tony Timpa, forgotten. We have to take race out of this conversation, folks. I'm telling you, it's, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Philando Castile Black, you remember he was shot in this car. He reached around his waistband for his license. And he, he, this was, listen, this was a tough, I saw the video. He, 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 you don't, re, don't reach around. Don't do, st just, I, I always say, my, my ID is in my, in my pocket. Can I get my wallet out? It's in my left hand pocket. 
I'm going to go reach for it right now. I say that. I, I say that. It doesn't matter if you're a white guy in a suit driving a nice car. It really doesn't matter. Anybody can be a danger to an officer during a stop. And so just telling you folks, this, this, that's the takeaway. And particularly if you have kids who are starting to drive, educate them on this. It is so, so, so important. All right, friends, when we come back, great testimony today on the Capitol, on the Hill. One of the uh, parts I really enjoyed, I'll share with you here when we come back, uh, Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger was there, Ma Matt Taibbi as well, uh, talking to uh, co uh, Congress about the word misinformation. Remember we covered that yesterday, misinformation. What does that word mean? Well, it's all in who you ask. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show will continue in just a moment. Welcome back, friends. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, truth teller and friend to all. Uh, got this uh, story today developing on the Hill, the weaponization uh, committee, the, the House Committee Republicans looking into, uh, its official name is the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Weaponization of the Federal Government. Democrats complaining, of course, that this is a whole lot of hot air, much ado about nothing, and of course, a Republican fear-mongering. The more we hear about what this committee is uncovering, however, uh, the more the name itself seems more than spot on, to be perfectly blunt. Michael Schellenberger today, who is a journalist, he's actually a guy who, I would describe him, he's left of center, certainly. Uh, he ran for uh, governor out in California, was, was a very, very bright guy. Uh, but he has written extensively now. He's one of the people who had access to the Twitter files. Him and Matt Taibbi uh, both were on the Hill. Matt, of course, released uh, a batch of the, of the Twitter files early on, was given info by Elon Musk of what was all going on over at Twitter before Musk's takeover. Answer, well, a lot of collusion. Now, that word we've heard a lot of in the last six years relating to Trump and Russia when at the very time that they were waving that word around there, they themselves were actually in cahoots. The FBI, Twitter, Facebook, Meta, you know, Instagram, all these people. And what they were doing is they were basically taking, uh, well, they were taking direct orders from the federal government, people inside the federal government, and taking down tweets, silencing accounts, etc. Now, one of the things that Schellenberger gets into and got into in his statement to the committee at the start of his testimony, and this is a guy who's become a leading authority on it because he's going through all of this stuff. He's, he's tying together the pieces of how different non-governmental organizations are getting federal money and are building technology that gives enormous amounts of power to the government to find things that they don't like online and shut it down. Have a listen. It is important to understand how these groups function. 
They are not publicly engaging with their opponents in an open exchange of ideas. They aren't asking for a national debate over the limits of the First Amendment. Rather, they are creating blacklists of disfavored people and then pressuring, cajoling, and demanding that social media platforms censor, deamplify, and even ban the people on those lists. The censorship industrial complex combines established methods of psychological manipulation, some developed by the US military during the global war on terror, with highly sophisticated tools from computer science, including artificial intelligence. This is, uh, by the way, if you think that this is just a summary, when you get into it, for example, since 2021, the National Science Foundation has made at least 64 governmental grants totaling $31.8 million on the science of, are you ready for this? Countering social media, quote unquote, mis disinformation. The NSF justifies this censorship program as a way to defend civilization. They call it a process of trust and verifying authenticity in communication systems. And yet, the more you pick it apart, you realize that they are picking and choosing what things are said online that they like and the ones that they don't like. As is usually the case with Democrats, the word itself that they use isn't what it means. It means something totally different. Misinformation is not information that is wrong, is misleading. It's information that does not comport with their narrative. And this is fundamentally unacceptable. It's egregious. It's undemocratic and it's dangerous. One of the leading things or pieces of information that the government was keen to fight was distrust of the vaccine, for example. So there was one of these grants in 2022 uh, was a toolkit for building trust around topics such as vaccine efficacy. So these programs would, using AI and uh, powerful software going through and picking out posts that they believed were getting traction and needed to be flagged. So you had the federal government both directing that individual posts be taken down. Remember, I mentioned that uh, there was, you know, Facebook created a meta, created a, a portal for the Department of Justice, for the FBI to go in and let's literally load up a tweet. Sam Marjofsky of the What's Right Show wrote this at 12.01 Monday and, and we need it. We need this. I'm sending this over to you for flagging. And of course, Twitter would, would, would take action and, and do, do the government's bidding. Absolutely crazy. By the way, the government paid Twitter for this. This is even the better part. So they used our money to limit our constitutional rights. It's absolutely unbelievable. So Michael Schellenberger continues in his opening statement to Congress today and says this. Federal government officials, agencies, and contractors have gone from fighting ISIS recruiters and Russian bots to censoring and deplatforming ordinary Americans and disfavored public figures. Importantly, the bar for bringing in military-grade government monitoring and speech-countering techniques has moved from, quote, countering terrorism to, quote, countering extremism to countering simple misinformation, otherwise known as being wrong on the internet. 
The government no longer needs a predicate of calling you a terrorist or an extremist to deploy government resources to counter your political activity. The only predicate it needs is simply the assertion that the opinion you expressed on social media is wrong. This is all true, by the way. It's all true, and it's egregious. It is a violation of the Constitution. It is exactly why I believe Section 230 of, of the U.S. Code related to the social media companies needs to be amended. And uh, it absolutely requires our attention. I'm so glad that the Republicans are doing this very important work. More on this and also on COVID, the origins of COVID. That's also going on on the Hill when we return. Sam Marjofsky, The Woods Right Show, back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show, powered by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. By definition of the American left, this show is 100% misinformation. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Misinformation is just a word for information, for opinions you don't like. Now, I played just before the top of the hour here the opening remarks by Michael Schellenberger today on the Hill, 10 a.m., presenting to the committee on, um, what was it, weaponization of government, which, of course, occurred, uh, we know now, because Elon Musk bought Twitter, was able to access the files there and discover some interesting pieces of information. Now, I'll get to that in a moment. There's were some great moments in today's hearing, and, I, and, and it's just it's let me just do this one step at a time. First, Schellenberger spoke, and that Matt Taibbi spoke. Now he's one of the people who published the information released by uh, by Elon Musk. This is what Matt had to say. Facebook, Google, and other companies developed a formal system for taking in moderation requests from every corner of government, from the FBI, the DHS, the HHS, DOD, the Global Engagement Center at State, even the CIA. For every government agency scanning Twitter, there were perhaps 20 quasi-private entities doing the same thing, including Stanford's Election Integrity Partnership, NewsGuard, the Global Disinformation Index, and many others, many taxpayer-funded. A focus of this fast-growing network, as Mike noted, is making lists of people whose opinions, beliefs, associations, or sympathies are deemed misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. That last term is just a euphemism for true but inconvenient. There we go. And my my point in all of this is, uh, I think whether an idea is true, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's false, true or false, right? I, I, we have a constitutional right to say it. And the minute that the government starts meddling in this under the guise of helping or saving or protecting us, uh, we, have, we have lost who we are as a country. 
So Taibi mentions NewsGuard and the Global Information Index. By the way, both of those groups are taxpayer-funded. Your tax dollars that the government has borrowed, it's your tax money, right? But then they've also borrowed from China (laughs) to get more money. So they're, you know, a significant amount of the dollars spent on this are, are coming from Chinese banks. It's kind of fun, isn't it? They're borrowing money from China to make this place more like China. Lovely. (laughs) So then there's a Democrat rep who gets into it with Jim Jordan. Uh, This guy's name is, uh, let's see here, Daniel. Uh, What is it? Yes. uh, Which which one is this one? Uh, This is a Democratic representative that is uh, getting into this. And here's what he has to say. He thinks that this is all a great idea. I'll get his name for you here right after the clip. And even with Twitter, you cannot find actual evidence of any direct government censorship of any lawful speech. And when I say lawful, I mean non-criminal speech because plenty I'll of give you speech one. is non-criminal. I'll give you one. Gentlemen's time to expire. I'd ask unanimous consent to enter into the record the following email from Clark Humphrey, Executive Office of the Presidency, White House Office, January 23rd, 2021. That's the Biden administration, 439 a.m. Hey, folks, wanted to use the term Mr. Mr. He used, they used the term Mr. Mr. Goldman just used. Wanted to flag the below tweet and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process for having it removed ASAP. All right, Representative Daniel Goldman of New York uh, saying this is this. We ought to absolutely remove unlawful speech. This is absolutely important. So. Jim Jordan, Republican Ohio, pulls out this tweet. Now, guess what tweet he's referencing? (laughs) Robert F. Kennedy Jr. tweeted something about Hank Aaron's tragic death being a wave of suspicious deaths among elderly people who have been vaccinated. And there is direct evidence to show that someone from the White House reached out to Twitter directly with this tweet asking that it be removed. And it was. If you are defending this, if you think that this is a good idea, I just urge you to think about a universe controlled entirely by people you disagree with And your ideas, your opinions, your thoughts be censored in the manner that some were over the last several years and continue to be in some cases. You always have to turn it around. I think the Democrats, there were others on the committee. The Democrats on the committee are all for this. They're fighting us. They they think that this committee is ridiculous and they are, well, they're literally just uh, trying to well, Stacey Plaskett, Democrat Virgin Islands, she's a ranking Democrat on the committee. Her opening statement, here's a little bit of it just to give you a taste. I'm not exaggerating when, when I say that you have called before you two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them. Same. This is unacceptable. I'm ready for it. I don't know if a lot of other people are, 
but just as it was unacceptable for Kevin McCarthy to provide 41,000 hours of sensitive security footage to a biased talking head in an effort to rewrite what happened on January 6th. This is a new Republican playbook, apparently. Mr. Risk Chairman. American safety and security on, to on. score political points. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing more of the same reactions, and she's, of course, reacting also to Tucker, uh, releasing all these clips. I, I'm hearing fear. The last thing that these people want is for this to be thrust out into the open for people to go under oath having to answer questions about this stuff because they thought they had it all stitched up. It's going to be a lot harder for the Democrats to win elections when they don't control the, completely the marketplace of ideas where they can't just send an email or press a button or deploy a computer program to limit what you and I say to each other online. Now, what they say here is one of the, I'll tell you, one of the ways that this is justified is, um, and this is part of the NSF, the National Science Foundation, that is granting money to all these different entities that are creating software and other technical means by which the government is able to flag tweets, remove tweets, silence Americans. They say, quote, although false claims and other inauthentic behaviors have existed throughout history, the problem is that now they've reached critical proportions resulting from the massive scale of targeting and personalization, the rapid speed of information exchange and the ability to automate information dissemination. What they're talking about is, of course, the internet. This takes me back to the explosion of talk radio in, in the 80s when the equal time doctrine went away. And all of a sudden, you know, the seemed that what was more popular on the, on the airwaves well, it wasn't Democrats because they're boring as hell. Nobody wants to listen to, to three hours of some guy droning on about the, the end of the world dead polar bears and whatever the particular issue of the day is. So this, you know, suddenly led to a lot of conservatives, of course, being very successful, led by Rush Limbaugh and others. But listen, it, 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 at, at every point along the way, there were efforts to stop it. The Democrats never found their Rush Limbaugh. They didn't have anybody that stood out in that sense that took over and was successful no but at every turn they wanted to silence it they wanted to find ways to get in there and legally make changes to restrict what was being what was being said and was was so successful i mean even think about how much more available conservative viewpoints are now because of the internet and social media is the ultimate uh, place where information becomes a lot more democratic because it, it's it, people can self-publish. And it's a source for great, instantaneous, unfiltered information. And what we ought to be doing, frankly, is investing in creating young people here coming out of our schools that are able to think critically. 
But their solution isn't that. They don't want critical thinkers leaving school. They want kids to leave school being able to recite democratic liberal catechisms, to be indoctrinated, to be woke, and actually to not think critically at all because, gosh forbid, if you think critically, you might question the official party narrative. So this is what we're doing, right? And it's all under the guise of, oh, we got to protect the people from, you know, these wrong things getting out there. Nonsense. Bull crap. All of it. They don't want any competition for their ideas. They want all, all of us to just be lockstep with them. And independent thought is not prized or valued or sought after. In fact, it's straight out discouraged by the new American left. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KX and TLB back in just a moment. Greetings, friends. All right. Capitol Hill today was a busy place, and I'm not talking about the hospital where Mitch McConnell was taken to after his slip and fall at the hotel. I hope uh, Speaker or uh, Leader McConnell has a speedy recovery. Do not wish him uh, harm, but um, he fell recently, I think like a year ago, right? Got that black face bruising, all that stuff. Ah, it's a tough time out there in D.C. in those fancy restaurants and bougie hotels. Uh, anyway, hope he gets a good lawyer. All right, friends. Speaking of which, this hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. The What's Right Show is on. Yes. So in Capitol Hill, besides Mitch McConnell falling, we had some testimony today related to the uh, COVID lab leak theory being suppressed. Now, this ties into the case for why we need to hold the government, everyone who participated in this speech suppression accountable, because there was a lot of information that was not coming out about COVID. Because the government decided that it was malinformation, misinformation, dangerous, and censored it. At a time when we needed fast-breaking information, we needed to be nimble, we needed to hear challenges to the reigning or, or dominant orthodoxy, uh, we were prevented from hearing that. And a lot of people didn't hear it. And that's why to this day, people are scared out of their minds because they haven't read the articles in the science that completely debunk, for example, the efficacy of masks and are still stuck in 2020 or 2021 when, you know, when, when the, any criticism of mask wearing was if you had enough of a following online, I mean, your, your account got, got dinged for it. So here's how this progressed. They had a few different uh, witnesses today that they, uh, the committee interviewed. Jim Jordan uh, was conducting uh, parts of this. And this was a, one of the things that they were questioning a guy named Robert Redfield. Now, this was yesterday. I have to say this. This particular part of the, of the hearing was yesterday. Robert Redfield, he's a former CDC director under Trump. 
And um, here's what he had to say about the lab leak theory. Uh, Listen to this. From the earliest days of the pandemic, my view was both theories about the origin needed to be aggressively and thoroughly examined. Based on my initial analysis of the data, I came to believe, and I still believe today, that it indicates that COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak than a result of a natural spillover event. So then the question is, what would be the consequences of saying that out loud back then? It's a question Jim Jordan raised, and Redfield's got an interesting answer. Three years ago, if you thought it came from a lab, if you raised that, you were called a nut job, you got censored on Twitter, you were blacklisted on Twitter, you were even called a crackpot by the very scientist who in late January sent emails to Dr. Fauci and said it came from a lab. They called you crackpot. Is that right, Dr. Redfield? I think the most upsetting thing to me was the uh, Baltimore Sun calling me a racist because I said this came from a Wuhan lab. It's just absolutely shameful. And remember, that is always the last refuge of the American left. If they are losing an argument, they'll call you a racist or transphobe or bigot. Then you pick. They'll throw out a slur. So here's um, a great question to this Dr. Redfield, the head of the CDC under Trump, about information received that it in fact was and suspected lab leak all the way back in 2020. And here's how that information was treated. You ran the CDC and you were on the coronavirus task force. Is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th. 2020, is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson, which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. Next day, I know. Did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did you share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? You didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. No, look at this. I'm telling you, this is... um, So Fauci is getting emails from credible sources, from scientists, you know, smart people, and and it's it's saying that it's the, the, the virus, coronavirus, COVID doesn't look like the kind of virus that would evolve in nature. It looks like something that has been created. There's, It has some telltale signs. And Fauci sits on the email and doesn't even share it with the head of the CDC. Fauci plays God with this information. Now, why? I think the easiest explanation is that Fauci's on the take from China. I'm telling you, this guy has gets a lot of funding. He's doing business down there. I think his $2 million salary from the federal government is nothing compared to all the extra money he is earning on the side. Guarantee you, Congress needs to follow the money. There will be uh, – there, there, there was from the beginning here an influence effort on part of the Chinese to co- co-opt and – influence Dr. Fauci. So, And by the way, Fauci played the same game to get other people to go along with him. Jim Jordan and the committee interviewing Nicholas Wade, former Science Magazine editor, uh, talking about how 
uh, the, I guess their scientists there at the magazine were convinced that the uh, lab leak, uh, it was a lab leak, that it did not evolve in nature. It wasn't natural coronavirus. And then suddenly they changed their position. Three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. Why would they change their position, Dr. Wade, or Mr. Wade? What is pertinent, it seems to me, is there's, there's no new scientific evidence that we can see that came uh, available between these dates, the January 31st and Feb 4. Well, if you're looking at the timeline, on um, May 21st, um, just uh, a few weeks after the Nature, Med uh, the, the Nature Medicine article had come out, uh, two of the signatures of the original email to uh, Dr. Fauci that were awarded a $9 million grant yeah, there was a $9 million grant given by Dr. Fauci. And presto, the science changes. Absolutely incredible. All right, I'll be back in a moment. Sam Rajovsky, The Wits Right Show, will be here back on the radio in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome back to the What's Right Show. Common Sense Conservatism, delivered weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on News Talk 840 KXMT. Uh, Sam Rajovsky here, host of What's Right. All right. This stuff that is coming out this week on Capitol Hill related to the, well, we'll just call it what it is, censorship, government censorship of free speech. And in particular, the efforts, extraordinary efforts that the government, and in particular by uh, Dr. Fauci, that what they went through to hide the origins of COVID. By the way, as I understand it, knowing that this was a man-made virus and understanding it to be that could have helped find ways to fight against it could have helped in ways to make the vaccine more effective there are there are health and scientific uh results here that flowed from this decision to hide this information that that are that are, were tremendously damaging and potentially cost lives now jim jordan was interviewing just before the break played a clip of him um, talking about how a number of scientists changed their minds uh, about the orig origins of the virus, and then suddenly they were awarded a nine millimeter nine million dollar grant by Dr. Fauci. So here's Jim Jordan summing that up. So three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position in the only intervening events, a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. Again, a call that Mr. Redfield was not allowed to be on, the head of CDC and on the coronavirus task force. And then three months later, Shazam, they get nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Now, Dr. Fauci yesterday, I think it was yesterday, he spoke to Anderson Cooper. No, it was Tuesday night. And he still just can't be sure about the alignment. Listen to this little weasel. He can't 
He can't stop lying. He's in too deep. Are the FBI and Energy Department right about the lab leak? Well, it's very tough to, sell, to tell that, uh, Anderson, because they're talking about information that they have that we don't have privy to, so we don't really know. They have made opinions on low confidence from the Department of Energy and moderate confidence, I believe, from the FBI. So I don't think there's a, a really correct and verifiable answer to your question. Uh, it's just... I'm telling you, if both of these organizations that are run right now, controlled by the Biden administration, are coming out with even low confidence, we can bet our bottom dollar that it happened the way it's being described here. But he had information about this three years ago, and he still can't end this lying. It is pathological and rightly so jim jordan torches fauci in his closing you could have been doing what dr redfield was doing in our government trying to figure out how we deal with this virus and what was what was dr fauci doing he was trying to cover his backside and everybody knows it and that's a part that ticks us off because this is the highest paid guy in our government getting all kinds of money to tell us things that were not accurate because we now know U.S. tax dollars went to a lab in China, a lab that was not up to code, a lab that was doing gain-of-function research, and that's where this thing most definitely came from. And Dr. Fauci had to prove, no, no, he can't have that news getting out. And that's why he did what he did to the exclusion of a brilliant guy running our CDC, kept him out of the loop. Because this never was science. It was political science. That's it. And when all the libs that you know we all know and love in our neighborhoods put up their little flags, their little signs that said "I believe in science," and you know, and 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 looked, treated us who dared question this narrative and perhaps not run around fanboying about Dr. Fauci, <laughs> they treated us like what, like flat earthers. Well, it turns out we were right, and they look so silly, and this is why. Every prominent left-wing newspaper, media outlet in the country has been now for months running stories, something to the effect of, oh, dear us, we didn't have all the facts, and I think you need to forgive us for what happened, and we need to have amnesty with COVID and da-da-da-da-da. Because they want us to just let it go. They got caught. They are... Obviously, they have they have now it's they've been their entire way of approaching this has been has been debunked. Now, today, former CDC director Robert Redfield again spoke about the need to pause gain of function research. Uh, he said that uh, gain of function research is critical to get ahead of viruses. But in this case, it was the exact opposite. It is my opinion, quote, that we should call for a moratorium on gain-of-function research until we have a broader debate and we come to a consensus. Because, of course, gain-of-function means exactly what it says. You're taking a virus and you're giving it extra capability. Well, you're doing so, you're, you're, you're playing God. And you risk putting something out there into the atmosphere, releasing it negligently or on purpose uh, that, that, that leads to a, a mass loss of life. 
But the real thing here is that Fauci can lie all he wants on Anderson Cooper, but he testified in Congress that there was no gain-of-function research. There, he has given so much false testimony that he absolutely could be charged with perjury. And he ought to be. There has to be accountability somewhere for all of this. It's unbelievable. I am telling you, folks, it, it, this is this. There is there cannot be any amnesty because if there is, they'll all get away with it, and this will, in another manifestation iteration of the same thing, happen again. These people want to control us. These people cannot cannot be challenged. It's their way or the highway, and they're willing to sacrifice. Look at everything that was that was that we lost in the name of COVID mitigation. Just look at it, add it up. Your kids at home and not in school. Children, toddlers wearing masks, be unable to learn facial expressions, interactions, stunted growth, family members that grandparents, people's parents who died alone cancer of whatever in in their in their in their hospitals you couldn't visit them senior citizens locked in nursing homes it just the businesses i mean think of how many livelihoods were destroyed i remember one of my back when i lived in california one of my favorite restaurants and there's a lot of you know Lots of stories like this. One of my favorite restaurants, Pacific Dining Car, which had been in the same family for three generations, founded in the 20s. It was, uh, I think, on 6th and Bixel. And it was a great steak steak restaurant. And it folded, done, gone. A hundred years evaporated. That's just one quick example off the top of my head that was personal to me. My business suffered. It's, it's so much, so much disaster flowed from this. And these people played politics with it from go. And so I think I'm glad now that the Republicans, again, I'm glad that this is all coming out. Put it out there on the record. And I would, I would refer him for charges to the Justice Department. Once they are able to prove he perjured himself, send those charges up and put Biden's team in a pickle. Put them in a bind. Because they'll probably refuse to, to, to do anything with it. And even if it does happen, what'll happen? It'll go to a jury in Washington, D.C., 94, 95% Democrat. They're going to let him off. Absolutely. But at least I get his mugshot or have him arrested, get, get, get some justice here. It's about damn time. All right, be back in a moment. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajofsky, The What's Right Show, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Yesterday, when we spoke about the killings down in Mexico, the four Americans two, uh, were kidnapped, two were killed, uh, I said the, the deal 
I mean, they're saying they went down for a tummy tuck. It just seems a little hinky. You got three guys and one lady and whatnot. Well, today the Daily Mail is reporting that Mexico is claiming that the Gulf cartel's kidnap of the so-called tummy tuck four could be directly linked to drug trafficking. Mexican law enforcement agents apparently are investigating that possibility that the cartel kidnapped four Americans last Friday thinking that they were encroaching on their turf. Uh, There apparently were some pretty lengthy rap sheets uh, for the victims here, and authorities are saying drug trafficking cannot be ruled out. So the plot is is thickening. There's another thing that just came across my desk, (laughs) which is that apparently an anonymous letter purporting to be from the Mexican drug cartel responsible for the deaths of two Americans, was dropped off at a local office, uh, media office. The letter condemned the violence, said that the gang turned over to authorities its own members who were responsible. Letter reads in part, Quote, we have decided to turn over those who were directly involved and responsible in the events who at all times acted under their own decision-making and lack of discipline. They said that the individuals responsible had gone against the cartel's rules, which include <laughs> respecting the life and well-being of the innocent. <laughs> okay. Uh, So I guess the drug cartels also have their uh, form of PR. (laughs) Um, I I mean, look, of course, it's a problem. You you go and and kidnap four Americans, kill two of them. This is something that's very bad for the cartel because now it's bringing National Guard troops in. Army Special Forces uh, have patrols up. They're calling it heat up the plaza. That's narco terminology. The the plaza is the organization, and it usually implies as a physical area. But these drug plazas are are zones, drug trafficking zones, and, and heating it up means, yeah, it's drawing unwanted attention. And so it's apparently making it very difficult for them to operate because they've now are on everybody's radar. Meanwhile, back in D.C., a number of Republicans, including Lindsey Graham, are saying, well, we ought to, yeah, we ought to get in there and, and, and start you know, treating these people like terrorists, which I guess would mean we would start firing missiles in there and uh, taking out high-value targets. You know, this is just, this is a war we cannot win. So I, I caution... All of us who certainly, I, I think, listen, I think we ought to, as a country, as a policy, seek retribution for the murder of U.S. citizens. If you have, if you're the head of a country, most important thing is to protect your citizens when they are at home, but also when they're abroad. So I, I, I absolutely think that there ought to be some kind of reaction here. Uh, but but starting an all-out war with the cartels doesn't seem like a particularly sound one. I, I think one of the things we could start to do here just to make all Americans safe is to do something, of course, about the southern border. 
that suddenly we're not talking about. We're getting very excited shooting missiles and uh, doing uh, military strikes. By the way, problematic doing those in a friendly country. I mean, Mexico, of course, and the U.S. enjoy good relations. We're trading partners. And no doubt the president of Mexico and the Mexican government would not take too kindly to the uh, to the idea of having uh, having having all of a sudden the U.S. military operating inside its borders. And I'll tell you why. I think that that actually is very unpopular with with the Mexican people. It, it's just it's political suicide for any Mexican politician to bring in the U.S. government to start operating within its borders. So I, I don't see that as being particularly uh, likely to happen. No. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen. You know what did happen? Was this today? Tr- uh, International Women's Day. Jill Biden, did you hear about this? Oh, my goodness. Well, J- International Women's Day, First Lady uh, will go up and, and honor women. And this do a woman of women of courage award. They honored eleven women in the White House, and uh, apparently the uh, one of the awards went to a transgender woman. Her name is Alba Rueda. She's a transgender politician from Argentina, the first openly transgender person to be elected into politics there. Um. Yeah, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is a vocal critic of President Joe Biden, tweeted, it's International Women's Day, a good time to remember that Democrats can't even tell you what a woman is. I, look, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm out on this. I, I have, I have, I suppose what I think is if I was a woman, a natural born woman who, and I've I've heard this expressed by a number of women who are now increasingly uh, speaking out about this. There's something unique and particular to female identity, and it's a consequence of shared biology, but also of a, a, an entire series of of events that occur as you come of age, as you experience life. And for better or for worse, you know, men and women are different. And so we have different experiences. And so the idea of co-opting this holiday and turning it into um, this kind of thing, I think, is offending a lot of people, rightly so. And um, I'm not surprised at all that we have this kind of thing going on with the Biden administration, always looking for an opportunity to find things that set them apart in their next-level wokeness. Now, the last thing I want to talk about today, the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, his lawyer went on Tucker yesterday, and he had this to say. Now, mind you, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, so I'm glad this is coming up. The question about this video, the new video that Tucker released, was it available to Jacob Chansley's lawyers. Listen to this. Had you seen that clearly exculpatory tape of your client at trial? No. 
We went through extraordinary efforts on behalf of our client to put him in a position of knowledge. That's my duty as an agent of the court, to make sure that he knew everything that the government had, good and bad, to put him in that position to make a learned, informed, voluntary decision about whether to go to trial or take a plea. So they didn't have it. They went to try to get it. They didn't get it. The feds wouldn't give it to him. And the guy ended up getting, con- con- well, he pled guilty, right? And, and, and got f- almost four years in prison. An extraordinary term for what now appears, as we've seen the video of him walking around, seems to be a simple trespass at the very worst. You know, let me ask you something. Does a trespass warrant four years? And is there any justice in this country if at the exact same period of time, within months, right, a year, you had people destroy businesses, burn cities to the ground, and when arrested were released with no charges? Many of them, most of them. That's not the America that I want to be any I want any part of, right? This is not who we are as a country. Justice has to be applied evenly. It has to be pl- applied uh, blindly. And this isn't justice. It's political retribution. And it's wrong. So I hope he gets uh, some good lawyers for some uh, appellate work here and work to undo the plea deal. Sam Marjofsky here. It was great to be with you this Uh, these two hours. I'll be back here tomorrow, Friday. We're almost to the end of the week. I will see you then.